Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Fix. It's Jeremy Betts with you again, along with Andrew Wilbar, as always. Andrew, it has been kind of a crazy weekend at my house. We're all kind of under the weather. I hope that's not the case for you. How have things been? Things are going really well. It's a little bit on the warm side here in Michigan, but uh, it's been a fantastic week, fantastic weekend. Uh, Really been enjoying it. Good deal. Yeah, our weather's been kind of up and down, uh, depending on whether it rains or not. And we've been getting um, not as much rain the the last week or so that uh, we had been earlier in the summer. So it's definitely been heating up, feeling the heat for sure. Uh, Working outside all day has has definitely given me the opportunity to to be exposed to the weather pretty well down here in North Carolina. So a little bit different uh, areas, obviously, but um, summertime, heat is heat, right? Yeah. Yeah, it gets to you. All right. Humidity. Yeah, humidity. I'm sure you get a little bit more of that up there than we do down here. Yes. So, yeah, um, that's always that always changes the ball game when you're talking about weather how the humidity is. So uh, definitely glad I'm not down in Pensacola, Florida anymore, where the humidity was always at a max. And uh, so I know a little bit of what you're feeling. Mm. All right, man, Uh, we're going to talk some Steelers. But before we do that, this show, as always, is brought to you by BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. This show runs on Tuesdays at noon. Uh, the show right before ours is Jeffrey Benedict's The Cutting Room Floor, and uh, he's been talking uh, some of the defenders on the back end in the last uh, episode um, before the one that's coming out uh, before ours today. Uh, so obviously we're, we're, uh, we're recording ahead of time, so um, the most recent Cutting Room Floor we've heard is the cornerback's room what a great show i enjoyed it i think um you know the cutting room floor is one of my favorites just because he dives so deep into the film and gets to know these players and their uh strengths and weaknesses on the field from that method i really enjoy that and then to follow our show later on uh you will get another episode of the scobro show another one of my favorites um i enjoy both of these shows andrew um you and I get to listen to a lot of BTSC stuff. And uh, I think you'd agree some of the best Steelers content out there today. Absolutely. Uh, there's a re- there's good reason why behind the steel curtain is one of really the SB nation's best uh, podcast platform. Um, just very good quality content each and every day. You've already mentioned Jeffries. I, I love podcasts where, they're, they do something totally different than things that we like even you and I talk about right. um, with the cutting room floor and stuff. I, I like how he breaks it down because he breaks it down in a way where I can learn something. Um, and that's something that I really enjoy about it. I love things where I can you know learn something about it and grow as a football fanatic. Uh, and you mentioned the other one as well. Um, the Scobro show, Dave Schofield has another one on Thursday, the Steelers stat geek, um, which we, I don't know if we've mentioned in the past before, but another really good show. Um, if you're big into numbers, big into statistics, some of the things that he can pull up is just mind blowing. Um, so always a good show to listen to as well. Yeah, absolutely. You, you get the best of the best with behind the steel Once again, your one-stop shop for all things, Pittsburgh Steelers. We got some news to get into. Andrew, it's a little bit older news that happened earlier uh, last week. Um, 
but we're talking Larry Ogunjobi signing a one-year deal for up to $8 million with the Steelers kind of coming in. Uh, you'd think to just jump right in and fill that Stefan to it role on the defense. I wanted to get your thoughts on what, what type of role you think he'll have um, on the team and how good you think he, he could be. I absolutely love this signing. I was a big fan of Ogunjobi coming out of college had a late second, early third round grade on him, slipped a little bit in the draft, um, but just landed with a perfect team in the Browns. They knew how to use him um, at that time when they brought him in afterwards, when they had Greg Williams there, he did a great job with him, really helped his development, um, just fit really well in that 4-3 system with the Browns. I, I think he's going to fit in just fine in the Steelers 3-4 as that 3-4 defensive end um, where Stefan Tuitt used to play. I think he's going to be perfect fit. Um, for Carl Dunbar, we know that Dunbar is one of the best in the business. He's going to do amazing things with him. He's versatile. He's a good athlete. Um, he's powerful, quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Ogunjobi. At his best, he's just as good as Stefan Tuitt. So I'm excited to see what he can do and how quickly he can gel with Tyson Alualu and uh, Cameron Hayward. Yeah, and let's not forget, he is coming off an injury that actually kept him yes. from signing a contract with the Chicago Bears earlier this summer. So uh, the signing doesn't come without uh, some some concerns, but as a player, I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy under 30 that can move, that can play ball, and uh, not necessarily known for his run-stuffing ability, but a guy who can push the pocket and uh, in a pass-happy league, the more pass-rushing talent that you have, especially on the interior, the better off you are. I like this signing a lot myself. We've talked about him a couple times uh, earlier in the offseason as a guy the Steelers could potentially target. Um, once the Stefan Tuitt news broke that he would not be coming back, I felt pretty confident that the team would make a move here, um, and they did. So, Larry Ogunjobi, welcome to Pittsburgh. Let's get it going. I think this defense looks a little bit better um, after the signing than it even did a, a week ago. So, looking forward to that. And then final news that we'll hit today, Kenny Pickett, the last first rounder in the entire league uh, from the 2022 draft to sign his contract. He has done so with the Steelers now. All of the Pittsburgh Steelers draft picks from 2022 are under contract with the team. No more uh, fans going crazy and uh, thinking that this is a big deal. I don't think it was ever a big deal. It just was a formality, uh, maybe some of the language in it as far as um, signing bonuses and whatever that they were just trying to figure out. But Kenny was always a part of the team, working out, uh, putting in the work that he needs to to learn this playbook and everything. No hard feelings with the team at all. I could see picking under contract means good things for Pittsburgh going forward, though. Any thoughts from you on Kenny Pickett signing his contract? Not a whole lot. I do think it the fact that he was the only quarterback taken in the first round may have had something to do with it. I mean, we've seen quarterbacks take this long before. Sometimes the quarterbacks just take longer in general, but the fact that maybe whether it be his agent or on the Steelers end, just not having a clear valuation um, of how much a quarterback being paid in a year like this, um, considering that he was the only one uh, to go into the first round may have made it a little bit more difficult in terms of negotiations, but overall he's signed. He's a Steeler. Now let's see him ball. That's right. And I want to say um, that with his signing bonus, uh, I believe he is the uh, most expensive quarterback on the Steelers roster. Is that correct? 
I haven't looked it up for sure, but I looking at the numbers, I think you're right because I think Trubisky's Trubisky could be paid more, but that would be on full incentives. Um, right. if he lives up to every incentive, and I don't. Yeah, I think base in terms of base salary for this year, I think Kenny Pickett is the highest paid quarterback on the Steelers roster. Yeah, it, I, I'm I'm thinking that's the case. Uh, it may not be over the the first two years that he get would get paid more than than Trubisky because Trubisky did sign a two year fourteen. Right. And, million something dollar deal and this is a four-year 14 million something dollar deal so uh maybe not on a per year basis but as far as total money owed to a player uh pickett's deal is the the largest and uh uh, looks to be like it's going to be fully guaranteed so the Steelers are putting money into this guy obviously we knew that would happen but all the more uh pressure maybe all the more um reason to get this guy on the field sooner rather than later i think the team should wait um and let trubisky see what he can do uh this year and where that would take them but uh the team will have uh some things going on in their minds to consider uh when thinking about how long to leave picket on the sideline uh while Steelers fans are watching and waiting for their future to become reality kenny pickett under contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's jump into today's topic, Andrew. I wanted to talk about, um, you and I had kind of conversed about it, Um, Pittsburgh Steelers players in regards to fantasy football, how they stand as we go into 2022 with where we could see them kind of falling as far as uh, what their ceiling is, uh, what the, the best they could be this year is, and then also what their floor is. Uh, and we're not going to include things like injury or suspension or anything that's like, you know, not predictable or out of our control as far as what we can understand and predict for the upcoming season. So if these players have fully healthy seasons, what is their floor and their ceiling? Uh, this will be fun. I think we'll we'll talk about some of the uh, more important high octane characters later uh, after our break. But first, I just wanted to kind of hit the the rest of the of the group. Uh, let's talk a, a little bit about Calvin Austin the third. I wanted to get your thoughts about, you know, he's kind of coming into an offense that's pretty loaded at wide receiver. What kind of role is he going to have, and how does that relate to fantasy? What do you think, just real quickly, uh, his floor and ceiling would be as a player in 2022 for fantasy football? I think if you're looking numbers in terms of rankings, I think he could finish as maybe a wide receiver three, wide receiver four in fantasy, not overall, obviously, but on a team roster and your fantasy team. So overall, you're thinking, you know, maybe wide receiver 35, wide receiver 40. Mm -hmm. Like I think I could totally see him being a guy who emerges as a big deep threat early on. But like you said, because of how crowded it is in the receiver room, I just don't see him gain a whole lot of volume, especially, the, based on the role that the Steelers are going to expect him to play early on. And that's really going to be primarily probably on special teams and then as a deep threat. Uh, so you really, you can't depend on volume with him. And then if he gets lost in the shuffle and he's just another one of the speed guys that just hasn't worked out for the Steelers, I mean, you're looking at, you know, wide receiver 85, wide receiver 90, a guy who has maybe one big play all year who, who gains some relevance and somebody picks him up off the waiver wire for a week or two, and then he does nothing and gets dropped again. Uh, But yeah, Kelvin Austin could be at best, I would say a wide receiver three uh, for your fantasy team. Maybe a guy when you have some bye weeks maybe you can start as a flex. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know if you can depend on him from week to week per se. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think if, if you see an injury to a guy ahead of him, maybe that gives him a boost. Um, but you're right. I think uh, his his ceiling would be uh, more that of, of a wide receiver three or four. And, you know, floor, uh, we don't really even uh, see him as a, as a viable option at all throughout the whole year. I think Calvin Austin will probably provide more value to the Steelers from a a role perspective on the team than he will to fantasy managers in 2022. Um, okay. So the backfield combo behind Najee Harris that we, we would probably expect to be the two guys that probably back up Najee this season, uh, Anthony McFarland and Benny Snell. I kind of wanted to talk about them this way. Do you see that either of those guys have any handcuff value to them? Um, especially in a deeper league where a guy like if Najee Harris goes down and you're not going to have a lot of options for uh, starting potential running backs to replace him. Do these guys hold any value in that area or they kind of just leave them off to the side and, and trust something else? I, I think a lot's going to depend on how durable Anthony McFarland can be. We know what Benny Snell is. I don't think uh, unless you're in like a 20 team league, where you have to start four running backs each week. I really don't think you're starting Benny Snell ever. Uh, I think his ceiling is probably running back 50. I really don't <laughs> think it's much higher than that. Um, and then you're looking at, you know, RB 100, literally if uh, Anthony McFarland stays healthy and his role is diminished. I mean, McFarland, I fully believe that if he is healthy, he's going to be the number two back for the Steelers. He's a better complement to Najee Harris. I believe he can do more uh, than Benny Snell can as a whole, just based on a skill set. If he continues to develop, I think McFarland, on the other hand, could be a guy who you look in that RB 30 range, maybe a guy that uh, at this point next year, we're considering taking him, you know, maybe the 11th, 12th, 13th round of our fantasy drafts, a guy who can maybe become that, what Tevin Coleman used to be for Devontae Freeman in Atlanta, a guy who can be that ideal compliment, a guy who you can li- you could literally consider starting in your flex spot on given on any given week, uh, depending on uh, the matchup that's being played, depending on you know how strong they're against the run, based on giving up passes to the running back. But I like McFarland's versatility, but his floor could be RB seventy as well if he as right. whether it be nagging injuries or just he just can't get it done in Matt Canda's system, which would be kind of awkward since that was his college coach. Right. Yeah, absolutely would be something to something to open the eyes a little bit to his potential at the NFL level. I, I agree with you specifically on Snell. I think he's irrelevant for fantasy uh, currently, especially if McFarland does come in with health and show his versatility. Um, McFarland to me isn't on my radar necessarily as a handcuff at this point, especially if you're talking – um, the last couple rounds of, of a draft and you're just trying to find somebody that c- could uh, provide starting value. If a guy goes down, maybe he falls into the very back end of that. But right now I'm looking at some other guys um, in that type of role. Uh, uh, Damian Pierce uh, in Houston, even as a rookie, I, I like better than maybe McFarland uh, so far. So, uh, you know, I, that's just kind of my thought process on it right now. Let's move on to the Steelers kicker, Chris Boswell. I think he's perennially underrated in fantasy. I think he provides a pretty solid weekly floor. Uh, if you're looking for a kicker, um, uh, and the ceiling obviously too, especially this year with a, a, with a young offense, but an offense that's 
probably going to be a little bit better than last year's. Maybe they move a little bit more. Maybe they get into field goal range a little bit more often. Maybe it's a little harder for them to punch it into the end zone because they're young and inexperienced. Um, so maybe Chris Boswell gets a boost from that this year. I think that that's viable. Um, ceiling wise, I would say he's a top 10 kicker potentially. Um, and then floor, I wouldn't say probably much outside the top half of the half of the league as a, as a fantasy kicker. So really floor to ceiling, uh, not quite the spread as some of the other guys will talk about. Um, cause I do think he has a relatively high floor. Your thoughts on Chris Boswell. I like your point about the red zone with an inexperienced offense. That's where inexperience is most prevalent and most noticed is generally in the red zone and crunch time situation. And with Chris Boswell, I mean, I think the Steelers are going to be in a lot of field goal opportunities this year. I printed off ESPN's top 300 rankings. They have 18 kickers ranked inside their top 300. Chris Boswell is not even listed. I, it, it is yeah. mind boggling to me to think that he is outside the top 18 kickers. Yeah. I think, and you can tell me if this is too far fetched, but I think with the amount of times the Steelers could potentially be in scoring position, just based on the situation the Steelers are in, Chris Boswell has the chance to finish as the number one kicker in fantasy football. I, I don't think that's in, I don't think it's impossible. I'm not saying he's going to, but sure. I wouldn't say it's impossible based on the situation. He could finish as the top kicker in the league easily back in 2020, uh, Mitch Trubisky, of course, he only started 10 games, but the quarterback situation that year was awful. The head coaching situation just did not pan out. Um, they're switching between Andy Dalton or do we have Nick Foles or right. then back to Trubisky. But when <laughs> Trubisky was the quarterback, he played 10 games for the Bears. Cairo Santos finished as a top 10 fantasy kicker that year. Hmm. And, yeah. and in my opinion, Chris Boswell is a much more dangerous kicker than... Cairo Santos he just he has a longer range um I think he's slightly more accurate when he's at his best um obviously the one year 2018 or whatever the year that he was just completely off not his normal (laughs) self but I mean Chris Boswell I do not understand why people aren't putting them in this and I'm generally a guy who takes a kicker early to get an elite kicker but if I can get Chris Boswell in the 17th round why wouldn't I do it in a year like this well I agree with you there I think he's like I think you can wait if if uh, most people are feel the same way about Chris Boswell, if you don't have a bunch of Steelers uh, fans in your fantasy football league, I think you could probably wait and get Chris Boswell and be much better off than taking Justin Tucker in uh, round 12, where you can still f- find um, some, some quality depth pieces for your roster. I don't know if I quite see Boswell being able to put up kicker one numbers, um, as far as overall, the number one kicker, just because I don't think the Steelers offense will be quite that explosive. Um, we were talking about Tyler Bass uh, the other day uh, or last week on our on our podcast. And, you know, I think his ceilings higher than Boswell's because of the offense that he's a part of. And sure. uh, so, you know, Boswell finishing top close to top five. I could see that definitely top 10. I think he's going to be a top 10 kicker by the end of the year. Uh, I think he pulled that off last year uh, when he was being picked way down the list of of kickers. So, you know, a guy to, to definitely keep an eye on. If you're a Steelers fan, you want to kick her late. You could do worse than the wizard of Boz. We're going to ride the wizard of Boz into a break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk more floors and ceilings for your favorite Steelers fantasy football players don't go anywhere we'll be right back
right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Steelers Fix. We're talking floors and ceilings for the Steelers fantasy football performers. Let's jump right into my favorite player on the offense, Najee Harris, running back one for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think we're probably going to come down in the same area on this guy here. Uh, You know, if he stays healthy for all 17 games, uh, I'm interested to see your take. Man, I think this guy could be the number one overall uh, fantasy football player, let alone the number one overall running back uh, outside of maybe the top quarterbacks. But if you're talking skill position guys, I think that this guy could definitely have that in him. What do you think Najee Harris's ceiling is personally, Andrew? I agree with what you said. I was going to stop you for a second before you mentioned the quarterbacks. I'm like, man, this guy is really high. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Najee Harris, he's going to outscore Patrick Mahomes in fantasy football. But no, I, I, I totally agree. I think he's a guy that if he gets the full workload, I know they're talking about decreasing his workload, but we've heard that said before, and it doesn't always happen that way. If Najee Harris right. gets a full workload and the Steelers' offensive line can be <sighs> – if it can be twice as good as it was last year, and that's still not saying a whole lot, it, that would still not make it excellent. But if it can at least show right. some improvement, I think Najee Harris is a guy we may be taking number one overall in our fantasy drafts in 2023 uh, with a stealing. Plus, he's not necessarily the most explosive receiver, but he's a consistent receiver, and he has really good hands. So if you're in PPR leagues, that's going to rack up some points as well. We know that Trubisky used his running backs. Tariq Cohen, he used him. Um, I know that would be a better comp for uh, Anthony McFarland, uh, but he does like tossing it to his running backs. Um, yep. And, of course, Kenny Pickett, um, being a rookie quarterback, he's going to have a lot of check down passes as well if he gets the chance to start. Um, I think at worst-case scenario, the offensive line is just as bad as it was last year. Pat Meyer um, doesn't do anything with the unit. Sure. And the Steelers, uh, their running game suffers because of it, and he's you know maybe a top 13, top 15 running back. I don't think he's going to be a complete bust. Um, sure. but definitely a guy that you wouldn't necessarily be quite as high on going into next year. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I see him finishing as an RB one, no matter what, if he gets a full 17 game season, um, maybe not, you know, what, what we're talking about as, Hey, this guy's, this guy's the guy going into 2023. Um, you know, he just, the way he plays the amount of touches that he's going to get, even if his workload is decreased, I think you've got to, got to think that regression to the mean would would mean that he's going to he's going to be a little more efficient as a runner um and be able to get more yards uh before contact and and more yards per rush than he did last year just with his talent and skill set um Harris to me is a top 10 running back that's his floor and his ceiling is uh the best in the business so uh, I think we're we're very close right there Uh, together let's jump on to the wide receiver room we're going to talk three wide receivers for the Steelers we'll start with Deontay Johnson the Steelers wide receiver one from last year and a top 15 wide receiver uh, in 2021 in fantasy football Uh, PPR leagues is what I had spent a lot of my uh, or that's what I played in a lot last year so I was more familiar with his his usage from that front so uh, I think in PPR leagues again he gets a boost over traditional uh, standard scoring leagues. But I think Deontay Johnson probably uh, has that same ceiling, maybe a a ceiling of a top 10 wide receiver and the floor of a top 25 is what I'm thinking. He's probably a floor of a, of a low end wide receiver too. 
Um, it's kind of my thought. What do you think about Deontay Johnson? I think there's a little bit higher. Uh, there's a little bit bigger range there, but overall, I, I can't disagree with the ceiling. I mean, I'm looking at the top guys on ESPN's rankings, Cooper cup. Yeah. He's not outscoring Cooper cup. And we're, of course we're putting injuries aside, obviously injuries right. can happen, yes. but Cooper cup, not outscoring him. Justin Jefferson, Jamar chase, Devonte Adams, Stefan Diggs, Debo Samuel, Tyree kills a wild card. Cause we don't know what he's going to be like in Miami. Um, right. But CD lamb, a guy who I'm really high on. Um, I know you are as well. Um, you have T Higgins, and then Mike Evans, that's when you kind of get to the point, okay, maybe if Deontay has that year as he's trying to get a new contract, maybe he can get into that range. So I think you are looking around the wide receiver 10 mark, um, yep. right around that Keenan Allen, Mike Evans range, guy that you would take maybe in the late second, early third round next year of your fantasy drafts at the absolute earliest. But I, I think his floor is a little bit lower than what some people think just because we don't know who – Mr. Bisky and Kenny Pickett are going to develop a quick chemistry with. That's Obviously, um, I would think that if Pickett is the starter, I think the advantage goes to Deontay Johnson. Uh, he's worked with Jordan Addison at Pitt, who's not the same receiver as Deontay Johnson, but has some similarities in terms of size and skill set. Right. Style and play, yeah. Exactly. And I think um, with Trubisky, you know, he worked a lot with Allen Robinson. He worked with some bigger receivers down the sideline. He's not a great passer over the middle, but he's good outside the numbers when he is outside the pocket. He likes to get on the move and then throw toward the sideline. And I think that's where Chase Claypool could really come in and benefit. I think Claypool definitely has the higher ceiling. He may still have a little bit lower floor than Deontay Johnson, but I think if Johnson gets lost and George Pickens and Kelvin Austin have good years as well, I think because of all the moving parts, you could see him go as low as, you know, wide receiver 35, wide receiver 40. Um, if all goes wrong for Deontay Johnson, I don't expect that to happen. I right. think he's probably in the wide receiver 20 range, wide receiver 15 potentially. Um, but if all goes wrong for Deontay, wouldn't shock me um, if he loses relevance and is just uh, hoping to hang around somewhere for a one-year prove-it deal. Yeah. You know, his the talent's undeniable. I think the fact that he can get open uh, really on – doesn't really matter the coverage just because he's such a, a clean route runner that helps his case. And then in PPR leagues, I actually would give him a bump over a guy like T Higgins, who's not going to get quite as much uh, target share. I don't believe as Deontay Johnson would uh, working the underneath side of the field. So now uh, Deontay Johnson kind of fits in that T Higgins, Mike Evans range, like you were talking about, but I would give him a boost over both of those guys um, personally in PPR leagues, just because of the, the number of catches that he's likely to consume if, if he remains the, the wide receiver one in Pittsburgh. Let's move on to Claypool, though, because I think we both agree he has the highest ceiling of any of these guys on this team, and it really depends, like you said, on the, the growth and development of the player and also who's throwing the passes. Okay, so you mentioned Claypool's ceiling higher than Johnson's, so that that kind of you feel like maybe Chase Claypool could be a top seven wide receiver. What, what's your thought there? I think he could go as high as top five. Oh, okay. um, I, I, I'm not going to go as far as to say top three, like he's saying. Uh, but if you look at, you know, Cooper Cup, okay, the just based on the volume he's going to get, I don't think he's going to outscore Cooper Cup. Jamar Chase, um, he's only trending upward. I think he's definitely yeah. ahead of Claypool in terms of development already. Justin Jefferson, safer for sure. But I think the ceiling is higher for Claypool if he does develop a chemistry with a guy like Trubisky. Um, and then, you know, Debo, 
health is why he's as low as he is plus contract negotiations. But if he plays, you know, he could go, he, I would say that he'd probably likely to outscore Claypool and then Stefan Diggs, um, right in that range. But what if Tyreek Hill doesn't turn out in Miami? He, he's yeah. talking up to it, but is he doing that just to kind of remain relevant after all that, uh, he said on his way out of Kansas city, um, T Higgins, I think Claypool just be, based on physical traits has a lot of high, has a lot higher upside than Higgins. Um, and he may just see just as big a target share. And then Keenan Allen, Mike Evans starting to age, starting to get older. I think Claypool could outscore any of those guys outside of maybe Cup, Chase. And then you kind of have Adams and Jefferson that are kind of, I'd have above them. And then maybe Debo. But I think he's right in that wide receiver five, wide receiver six range if he gets to become that number one guy for whoever the quarterback is. And he can just remain focused. Focus is the only concern for him. But the floor... If he does, if he talks yeah. the talk and he doesn't walk the walk, and I mean, there's so many things that could go wrong for Chase Claypool. He's treading on thin ice already. If it goes bad, we're talking wide receiver 50, wide yeah. receiver 55 potentially. A guy who you do not want to start and outside of an absolute emergency, and maybe he'll one or he'll happen to have a good week. Yeah, a guy maybe. <clears throat> excuse me, a guy maybe that even sees reduced playing time if George Pickens and Calvin Austin prove to be. Yep. Uh, you know, just better players, you know? So Claypool's got all the physical talent. How, how does he make it work? I kind of agree with you about, uh, well, I definitely agree with you about the floor. He could drop off the face of the, of, of the map uh, totally in fantasy for fantasy purposes. If things don't go the right way, the ceiling, man, you got to think I I'm, I'm thinking his ceiling is higher than Debo Samuels this year. Um, and here's why, because Debo Samuels got Trey Lance throwing him passes. We have no True. idea what Trey Lance is going to look like here this year. I would take Mitchell Trubisky as my uh, quarterback in fantasy as far as like when I'm picking a wide receiver. I'd take Trubisky's ability to get my receiver the ball over Trey Lance's ability to get my receiver the ball at this point. So you're- so you're positive that Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to get the starting job. Yes. I, I I'm based on what I've been seeing and, and hearing across the league sources that are out there. I think that it's just as soon as he can prove he can throw again, that he's going to, he's going to find a trade partner okay. with the team and, and be out of there. So I don't even expect him to be on the team uh, too far past training camp, probably. So okay, definitely. Trey Lance's job unless he comes out in training camp and just looks like a total dud. Um, but even then I think he's going to have a long leash because of where he was drafted. And they'll, they'll give him a shot to start right away going into the, the start of the season. I believe that for sure. <coughs> Excuse me. My voice is going out on me a little bit. So let's kind of pick up the pace here. We'll move into George Pickens. Um, I like George Pickens this year as a guy who could potentially push to wide receiver two range. Maybe Claypool falls off uh, a little bit. Um, like we talked about is the potential there. And Deontay Johnson remains kind of the guy in the offense, but Pickens talent and ability. I think you're seeing wide receiver 15 to 25 as, as his ceiling for this year is what I would say. Um, just kind of going into it right now. And then obviously the, the, uh, floor is, is down there a little bit too. Uh, wide receiver 50 or, or beyond that, you know, just because of 
how, how much are they going to use him? He's a rookie. How much time is it going to take him to get into the swing of things with the team, with the playbook, with um, the play caller? Uh, you know, so there's some unknowns there. Uh, do you kind of feel the same way or you have a little bit different idea for George Pickens this year? No, I agree. If Claypool falls off, Pickens is going to be a starting wide receiver pretty yeah. quickly. Like I said, Claypool, I think, is on a short leash. Steelers aren't going to mess around with him this year if he's he needs to live up to what he's saying he is and what he can be. And if he doesn't, I think Pickens is going to take over. Um, he is coming off the injury, um, still still recovering from that yes. uh, ACL tear. Um, but I I think that he could be a top 20 wide receiver, top 25 wide receiver if he gets the opportunity to play um, and just be on that upward trajectory. Uh, but if Claypool shuts up all of his doubters and Deontay Johnson can, I, I think Deontay is safe as a top two wide receiver, regardless of what happens with Claypool. I think that that would kind of leave Pickens as the odd man out since he doesn't have the versatility to play in the slot at all. Sure. Um, I, I have a feeling that he's could just become, you know, a wide receiver 70, a guy that, you know, will be high on in future years, right. but just not a guy that we want to touch right now. Yeah. And I think if you're, if you're in dynasty leagues, you could see George Pickens be a wide receiver one for you in 2023. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you're in a dynasty league and you get this guy in the third round or the fourth round or something like that, you might have to spend a, a second round pick on him. Uh, yep. because I think people are going to be higher on him as, as you get more into these dynasty uh, drafts. George Pickens, to me, is a guy that has immense value uh, in future years for sure. May not realize it this year, but the guy has all the talent in the world, and he has shown that talent on the field at the co college level. As a freshman, he was one of the best wide receivers in the country. And, uh, you know, this guy has, has what it takes. Let's see if he can bounce back from that injury. A guy we're not talking about as much because he's not because the position is not as high profile, but a guy that could potentially outscore all of these guys, except maybe Deontay Johnson. If you're, if you're looking at it right now, Pat Fryermuth, man, I think his ceiling is, is way up there with, with some of the, the better tight ends. I mean, right now the drop off after the big three. So right now the big three, I guess you'd, you'd say, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, uh, Kyle Pitts. Uh, you might throw in uh, a guy like, um, oh man, the San Waller. Francisco. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Darren Waller, uh, I'm thinking okay. George cool. Kittle as well. You know, you might throw in a guy like there up there, but man, Pat Fryman, the ceiling is up there with those guys. Don't you think? Oh yeah. I totally agree. I think, I think he has the chance to be a top three tight end. I don't think that, Mark Andrews is going to score less than Fryermuth just because of the volume he's going to get with no proven receivers on the roster in Baltimore. And I think Travis Kelsey, his ceiling is safe just because of the chemistry he has with Mahomes, despite the fact that Tyree Kill is now out and he has to develop chemistry with new receivers. I think Kelsey's going to remain his security blanket despite age. Right. Uh, but after that, I mean, Kyle Pitts, what if Marcus Mariota can't push the ball down the field and Desmond Ritter's not ready? Um, what if the Derek Carr just has this love for his old teammate, Devontae right. Adams, and just completely ignores Darren Waller? What if Trey Lance being a young quarterback, he's just not used to throwing to the tight end as much. Sure. Um, you know, I mean, he had some decent tight ends to work with, um, when he was in college, but you know, maybe, he, you know, he ends up developing more of a chemistry with the receivers and Debo, Ayuk, guys like that. You know, I think 
Frymuth could, if all goes well, go up. But the only the thing is that we're in the same situation. We don't know how Trubisky and Pickett are going to deal with right. their tight ends. How big of an impact are they going to have? We know that Kanda likes to use the tight ends. And I love Frymuth's um, two-way ability. I love the guys that can block and catch. I think Flores tight end 13 to 15. The, it is sure. never a deep position in fantasy. We thought it was going to be last year, but it wasn't. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, I learned the hard way. So I, I think I think tight end three is the ceiling and his floor probably tight end 13, 15. I think you you mean you to reverse that his his ceiling uh, yeah, in the. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Excuse me. My, my bad. My bad. <laughs> no, I, I got you. Yeah. Well, I had uh, one. I had one question related to the tight ends real quickly. Sure. Um, and I mentioned this in a week previous, but Taysom Hill, if he is listed as a tight end, would you draft him at the end? I mean, I've asked a lot of people this and I I'm starting to get good responses back. Like, you know, it is not a bad idea to just stash Taysom Hill and have him there based on how weak the tight end position is. If I can get him in the 14th or 15th round of my draft, I'll take him and keep him the backup tight end. Even if he plays quarterback for three games during that year, I know that I can start him in my tight end spot for three games and get probably at bare minimum 13 to 15 points. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's going to be a huge deal for the for how uh, the fantasy uh, community decides to label him, which, whichever um, community you're using. So, man alive, I think that he's definitely got a, a role in in that range. If if you wanted to to take him at the end of your fantasy drafts based on how he's labeled, and uh, you know he's definitely a stasher for sure. Um, let's let's move on to the two quarterbacks here uh, just to just to finish things out. I want to talk about them together because we're really, they're going to be linked together all off season, obviously, because it's going to be such a tight battle going into week one. Who's going to be the starter. Who's not. But I think you and I would probably both agree that um, Trubisky's ceiling and Kenny Pickett's ceiling, depending on if they start full season or, or not. Um, is going to be a little bit different. I would have Mitch Trubisky's ceiling higher than Pickett's um, for a 17-game season if either one of them was the starter week one. How do you feel about that? I agree. And when I did my ceilings and floors for these two guys, I went with just if they were to start the full 17-game season because if they're split in half and half, it's, it's difficult to make an accurate read. Right. Yeah, are you drafting either of them at all? I would draft Trubisky. I don't think I would draft Pickett just because I don't think the ceiling is high enough, but for Trubisky, for sure. Yeah, I think especially two quarterback leagues or super flex leagues, uh, Trubisky is definitely draft worthy, um, even a little higher than than you would typically take one. But he's a guy I would I would definitely take as a as a QB two uh, to, to leave on my bench in, in case he does break out, because I think if he does have a really good season, he could be um, a a, a good quarterback too. Uh, that's kind of my thought on his ceiling. I don't know if he's going to, he would be much more than that. Um, but at, uh, the floor obviously is, is not really a, a usable uh, asset as at the quarterback position. Uh, as far as man, I've got a guy on a buy. Should I grab Trubisky or somebody else? Uh, you know, I think the floor is I, I would grab somebody else <laughs> and leave Trubisky alone. Yep. Same for Kenny Pickett, but I do I do see Trubisky's uh, ceiling overall to be 
uh, better than Pickett's. Do you kind of feel the same way about Trubisky, or do you think his ceiling's even higher than what I'm what I'm thinking? I'm going to guess that's probably even a little bit higher than what you're saying. I'm going through the quarterbacks on ESPN's rankings. So, okay, he's not outscoring Josh Allen. I think we both agree on that. Are you sure? Um, I mean, that's probably you know. <laughs> not probably not going to outscore Patrick Mahomes. Just probably. Yes, probably um, yeah. uh, and I think Justin Herbert. Okay. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. We mean Kyler. Justin Herbert. Okay. I mean, this guy, this guy is my pick for MVP. I think he's going to be. He's going to be all over the, the fantasy points. Man. Let's see him win some big games first. Okay. All right. But uh, nonetheless, no, I, 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 it's possible. Um, Lamar Jackson, K. Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott. Don't think he's scoring, outscoring them. They have Joe sure. Burrow as QB 10 and Russell Wilson as QB 11. I think that's a little bit low. I would move Burrow above Rodgers, Brady, and Hurts, that kind of pairing. I would move okay. them up. And then I think once you get to the, that QB 9, QB 10 area, you know, when you have Tom Brady, okay, well, we started to see a little bit of regression in the past couple of years. Not a lot, but yes, a little please. bit. Yes, please. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm not saying it's likely, but it's possible right. that Mitchell Trubisky could outscore Tom Brady in fantasy football. I don't think let's that's go. The, I don't think that's out of the question. I'm going <laughs> yeah. to say it right here. All right. Next podcast, Mitchell Trubisky ceiling is a top 10 quarterback in fantasy okay. football. Hey, I love it. I love the confidence. I, I, I f- get the feeling that more and more as we approach the season, I may have mentioned this last week, that Mitchell Trubisky is going to be the guy in 2022. I think he's going to play well, Andrew. I really do. And this kind of an kind of off the fantasy subject a little bit. But for the Steelers, I think he's a playoff caliber quarterback for this team. He is. I, I mean, he's already gotten his team to a point where they could have made a, a deep run in the playoffs if not for double doink um double doink yes what so, a game. Uh, i i think trubisky is one of the most underrated guys in the entire league and i think he's gonna take a lot of people by surprise this floor could be qb 30 um but i i think he's got a chance to be really good sure absolutely okay and then finally let's let's talk well let's not glaze over Kenny Pickett I guess let's let's talk a little bit about Kenny Pickett um you know his ceiling to me is you know maybe uh Trevor Lawrence last year um quarterback 18 or 19 um but you know he obviously that would obviously be because the weapons are good in Pittsburgh and because Najee Harris takes a lot of of the pressure off of him as well he can catch passes turn um, short throws into big yardage. I think the Steelers have a couple guys that can do that. Um, so helped by his assets more than Trevor Lawrence was last year. Trevor Lawrence, anything he did, he had to do on his own because his weapons were not very good. And uh, so Kenny Pickett to me has a, has that like um, quarterback 16 to 20 as as his ceiling, in my opinion, if he's given a full season to start how do you feel about that yeah I agree about I would say around QB 20 I think Pickett can have success if he were to start this year but I think it would be predicated on a run heavy offense in a successful running game more than it would be Pickett whereas with Trubisky I believe he can do things not only with himself running the football but also passing as well yes I agree the the legs for both of these quarterbacks will help with their weekly floor Trubisky for sure if he is given the nod. And then let's just close things out real quick with the Steelers' D 
defense special teams unit. We're going to have an episode later on where we talk individual defensive players for fantasy football. We're not going to talk about Devin Bush or uh, or uh, TJ Watt or anybody like that right now. Let's talk about the defense special teams unit as a whole. Um, I'm just going to come out and say it. I think their ceiling is uh, number one overall defense special teams unit. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think they've got the guys that can sack the quarterback. They've got guys who can take the ball away on the back end, obviously. So if all things go well and they remain and they kind of turn back the clock a little bit as a scoring unit as well as a as a better scoring unit overall, I, I really see that ceiling being up there. So the question kind of is is more along the lines of what's their floor? I don't know if I have a good answer for that. What do you think? I'd say around the defensive 12, 13 range. I think their okay. sacks that they're going to be able to get by the week is going to keep their floor high enough. Um, but it's just a question. Can the secondary hold up? How many points are they going to give up? Right. Um, I think that's the big concern. Yeah. And um, it, a lot of it depends on how much your league gives for sacks too. So I'm in a league that gives one point per sack. I'm in a league that gives two. And then I'm also in a league that gives like five per sack. <laughs> so it's like, uh, I don't know how that was going to work. I, I think last year I had a, a, a week where my team scored over 400 PPR points. Uh, and so it was kind of, it's one of the weirder leagues I've ever been in. I don't know. I didn't like it that much, but it kind of changed the ball game a little bit. So I was in a I was in a league once that I started that was called forty man roster. Okay. Forty guys on the roster. You had we had like twenty five people that we started. You would get nine hundred ninety nine points for a passing completion, nine hundred ninety nine points per twenty five yards passing. Like I went to the max on all the settings. You would get like five hundred points if you threw an interception. Um, I mean, you would get points for everything. <laughs> oh I think one time, I think the highest anyone ever got was like three hundred fifty thousand points in one week. Um, wow. So that was that was interesting. Man, I thought I was telling a, a fun, cool story about Joe Flacco finished his really QB. Crazy. Joe Flacco finished his QB one in that league. Oh my goodness! What year was this? <laughs> the year that he had a bunch of pass attempts sure. and a bunch of interceptions. <laughs> there you go. Well, hey, it, this was fun. I I think the thing we should say about that is like, hey, have fun with your fantasy football league. However you want to do it. Obviously, we we're making fun of a couple uh, scenarios we've been a part of, but hey, do fantasy football your way. Have fun with it. Uh, hopefully, this was helpful to Steelers fans. And if you're not a Steelers fan, if you're looking to see where these Steelers players could rank. Uh, definitely got some talented fantasy football players uh, on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Rooting for each and every one of them. I think it's going to be a fun season. We're going to see some guys step up. I'm really excited about several of these players. Andrew, did you have any final thoughts before we say see you later till next time? Nope, just see you later until next time. All right, see you later till next time, everybody. Bye.